Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. We're glad that you've joined us here on this uh, fine December day. <laughs> or whatever day it is or month it is when you listen to this. Do you ever go back and listen to old podcasts? I haven't done that, have you? No. I, don't, I mean, I, if it's anybody's podcast that's old, I don't listen to it. Really? Yeah, they're stale. I don't listen to fresh podcasts. Really? Yeah, I'm fresh like that myself. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, man, it's, uh, I feel like every time we get on here lately, we say, it's been a long time since we've put up a podcast. I know, it's been a month. But that's how life is. I mean, yeah. life is busy. Yeah, I'd love to get on here and tell you all about our life, but I'm so busy living it. <laughs> I don't have time to talk about it when I'm living it. Right. So, man, we've had a lot going on. Um, Let's. So it's been one month. So what was going on in? That was my phone. Uh, what was going on in the beginning of November? <laughs> Is my phone still going? Yes. <laughs> so noisy. It's probably gonna make noise for a little while. Just turn it down. I've tried. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's so loud. So what? What happened at the beginning of the month? You have a day planner you could look at to. Re- Catch everybody I mean, up. I would say let's just go for the big things. The big things, okay. So the biggest thing was that over Thanksgiving we went on a trip to New York City. Oh man, it was so cool. It was so cool. We're big. We're big New Yorkers now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was you know walking around and I like to walk around and just be rude to people. <laughs> I, I I hail down cars on Main Street and try to you know taxi taxi. You don't do that, but no. you did. But the first time you got back in our car when we got to Texas, you started trying to honk I started, at people. I wanted to start honking, yeah. Because the way they honk in New York is different than the way you honk in it's Texas. It's kind of a language of honking. In Texas, if you honk at someone, it's because you're upset with what That's they're not, doing. But I, I don't agree with that. It's That's true. That's you, what you think. No, it's absolutely true. You've felt true. that way our whole marriage. When I've honked at people, you've got mad at me. That's because the way you honk at people is I'm driving and you lean over and honk. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just sort of like a honking is like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I've turned it down. That's your phone. When you're, um, no, look, it's, it's not. Look, it's turned down. It's turned down. That is your phone. Trust me, you look at it. You just got an email from Old Navy, $5 leggings. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> I love $5 leggings. It was not turned down. Now it's turned down. I thought down. I had turned it down sufficiently. Well, so, we but in New York, they're honking like this, like, I'm here. Yeah. I'm don't here. Run, don't don't hit run, me. Don't run into me. Don't run into me. Because all the cars are a half an inch away from each it's, other the whole it, time. And it's crazy. It is so fast. They, they drive around like mad people. Yeah, but so. I loved New York. You know, I've always wanted to go there and... I knew I was going to love it, but, I mean, I loved it. I, yeah. Like, I cannot wait to go back. That's how much I loved it. Yeah. It's really cool. Uh, we saw the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We were there. We were there watching it happen. We were actually on the CBS broadcast all over yeah, it, but, we I mean, on... only if you knew who those little dots yeah, were. Yeah, little dots were. Yeah. We were sitting right across from the CBS camera that was recording the parade. Sixth Avenue and. 53rd Street, Avenue of the Americas. We were right there. It was awesome. It was so fun. But it's a neat place. Neat restaurants, neat signs. I mean, it's just stuff all over the place. Incredible. So, 
and there's uh, so much history. But my favorite thing probably of the whole trip was going up into the Empire State Building and looking out over oh, New yeah. York. I mean, it's so impressive. I mean, it makes you it it, it really makes you proud to be an American mm-hmm. when you go up there and you look out on what America has created there, New York City. I mean, there's just no yeah. place like it, right? Kind of a quintessential American place. I mean, it is in just, its own way. You yeah, know. it's so cool. Yeah, we really. I really felt it. like I understand America better after going to New York City. Really, that's cool. Yeah. Sort of like uh, going to Washington D.C. That's yeah. kind of the same thing. Yeah. For you. Well, it was really, really awesome. So that was kind of our big uh, Thanksgiving break trip, and then we've just kept kind of trucking right on into December, and now the holidays are upon us in full swing. Yes, my favorite time of oh, year. Oh, it's so great! As we're podcasting here, we've got the Christmas tree is a glow. Mm over there with all the hallmark ornaments and we've got all these other trees with different themes you know one of my favorite things we talked about before on the podcast like the dorothy the dorothy patterson videos i feel like we've talked about that before haven't we i don't remember that's deep catalog for your mom has a blog (laughs) podcast but every year i wonder if she has one up this year i bet she does you think so that she was so at at southwestern theological seminary um you know, there's the president's house is on the campus, and so they invite people to come in and, you know, tour the house, and they do tons of Christmas decorations. And I'll say, you, I, I, I bet Dorothy Patterson, Dr. Patterson, Dorothy Patterson, has um, many more boxes of Christmas things than you do. I bet she does, too. But you have more Christmas boxes than most people. Yeah. Because I'm the one that brings them in from the shed. <laughs> and not only do I bring them in from the shed, I wipe them all down so that you don't have to deal with the dust. You're so good. Because I love you. Well, you know, you've said before that half of what we own is Christmas decorations. It's probably true. <laughs> I mean, I like to do it upright. Yeah, I mean, and you do it right. I mean, it's you do a remarkable job, and we probably... Yeah, we have a disproportionate amount of money tied up in Christmas ornaments and decorations. Yeah, but the, I've accumulated all these things through many, 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 years. many years. Yeah, and a lot of it's most of it's been purchased on seventy to ninety percent off days. Almost all of it. Yeah. So. I mean, we we this year we bought some things before Christmas, but that's very rare. They were half off. Yeah, it's been. And then we had this really cool experience where, you know, I was bringing all the stuff in. I'm telling you, it's a shed full of uh, ornaments, a whole (laughs) shed. And so for like an hour, I'm bringing stuff in. Kids are helping me wipe down the lids so we don't bring dusty lids, you know, plastic bins into the house. And uh, so I'm bringing the trees in. So I brought a couple trees in. Then there's another tree I brought it in. And so I'll just open this tree up and set it up, you know. So we have a white tree. And as I'm opening it up, I'm thinking, did I really wrap this thing up so well last year? Did I? I don't remember this tree. I don't remember it looking like this. 
and we had bought a new Christmas tree on clearance and forgot that we had a new Christmas tree. Yeah, it was just like a Christmas surprise. What a surprise that was. I think that means we're getting old. That I, I was surprised by lots of things that I bought on clearance last year <laughs> that I found in boxes. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it was kind of like we got little Christmas gifts for ourselves last year. Yeah, it was awesome. So things are looking good. And we do, uh, you know, we have an open house next week. Yeah. So we'll have our open house next week, and that'll be really cool. Normally, it's a week earlier. So normally, is it tonight? Yeah. Or tomorrow night? No, normally, it's the first Thursday of December. But this time, it's the second. Yeah. I wonder if that'll hurt attendance or know. help attendance. Or help. Yeah, you never know. You never know. So when we've you do been a getting, church event, what your attendance is going to be we like. We started getting Christmas cards, which I love Christmas cards. Yeah. But so. I don't send them anymore. The open house is a big Christmas card. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's lazy, I but that's had, okay. <laughs> I've had a couple of, it's not lazy. I've had a couple of um, people, strangers on the internet, get mad at me for not sending Christmas cards. Really? Yeah. Um, they said I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. But the reason I stopped sending Christmas cards is because the Christmas season was getting out of hand. It was mm-hmm. getting out of control. And by the time we had moved five times and I had, you know, a hundred people in every place that we had lived that I needed to send Christmas cards to, mm-hmm. it was just too much. It was just too much. And so when I was looking, I had this one really miserable Christmas right after we moved to Almy, where I had so much to do that I was just wishing for the next thing to be over and the next thing to be over. Right. Like I spent my whole Christmas. You remember that Christmas? Yeah, too I, busy. I spent the whole Christmas just wanting all this stuff to be finished. And that's not really being able to enjoy the holidays. Right. And so I started looking at things that I could cut out, and Christmas cards was one of Top the Top of the list. Yeah. yeah. So, most people I know don't send me a Christmas card. So you're just like one of those people for most people. Yeah, just one of those yeah. people. But I mean, with Facebook, you don't, I mean, Christmas cards aren't really necessary anymore. You know, that's really true. Facebook has really taken the, of course, now you break that, I'd say I'd break it down into like three categories. Okay. I'm writing them out here. I'd say the first category would be people like you who just say, you know what, we're going to get a family picture around the Christmas tree, Christmas Eve night. We're going to post that on Facebook and say, Merry Christmas, everybody, <laughs> and accomplish mostly what Christmas cards accomplish. Right. They're telling everybody, hey, we're still alive, and we still have enough money to purchase stamps or envelopes, or in this case, we still have internet. Yeah. You know, so right. we're, we're okay we're not starving. We have internet. Yeah. So we're all eating and we're still alive and we're still proud of everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Okay. So you've got kind of like the Facebook, we'll call those the Facebookers. And then the second group is the the actual card senders. Now these people, um, they they have our respect and admiration. Totally. Totally. I mean... I don't even care if you plug it all into a spreadsheet and send it. At least you're doing you're doing that. Yeah. Like it's a thing that you're committed to. It shows me that you care about decorum, that you care about propriety. Right. 
And this is something you're not going to let slip in a world that is content to let everything slip. Right. You're, you're totally. like, this, this Christmas card sending has been going on for 5,000 years. Yeah. Well, Christmas isn't even that old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christmas card sending has at least been going around for like 200 years, right? Yes. At least 200. I'm sure. Yeah. Because before, 200 years ago, they probably didn't even have paper. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know how long papers existed. Yeah. Uh, People say Egyptians had paper. I'm like, whatever, man. (laughs) They wrote on tablets. All right? (laughs) I don't know. Cuneiform. Oh, man. That's one of those urban urban legends yeah. about Egyptians. Yeah. Well, they had paper. What, they had mead spiral notebooks? <laughs> yeah, right. I wasn't born yesterday. Uh. All right. So you've got the card senders that, you know, I I think those, I think, the, the and, and, and I like the cards. Uh, a beautiful Christmas card does cheer the heart. I love Christmas cards. So we don't do that anymore because... Melissa has just explained her reasoning to you, mostly selfishness and laziness, right? That's Is that what she said? I went to a conference once where um, a seminary wife was leading a seminary session. Seminary president wife. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. A seminary president's wife was leading a session, and um, she was talking about... Hospitality, right? Yeah, like homemaking and hospitality and... She reamed us out over <laughs> Christmas cards and said that, <laughs> and said that it it is selfish to not send cards, and it's the least you can do to send Christmas cards. And do not send out cards with a printed mm. greeting on there. You need to handwrite every single card, and if you don't, then you're a horrible human being. Yeah, says the woman <laughs> with a housekeeper and the staff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All you lazy women out there. You know. It was not Mrs. Patterson. That yeah, was not Mrs. Patterson. Although I'm sure she does incredible cards. I'm sure she does. We're just not on that list and yet. And they're handwritten. Yeah. All I, I mean, what do you, what do you need to get a Christmas card from the Pattersons? What would we have to do? I don't know. I think we would have to find somebody to give Southwestern a million dollars. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So so he said that when I graduated. Were you in there when he did this? He said, uh, we would love to have you come back to chapel. And, and some of you graduates wonder how you can preach at chapel at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'll tell you how you can preach right here at your alma mater. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? Yeah, I think I'm on fire. That's my Paige Patterson. Well, let me explain it to you uh, so you'll know for sure. What you do is you call me up one day and you say, Dr. Patterson, I've got someone that would like to talk to you, and we'd like to come down and have a visit in your office uh, because I've got a prospective donor that would like to give a whole bunch of money to Southwestern. (laughs) And he said, if you'll come down and you'll bring that donor, we will treat you like a VIP and you will get to (laughs) preach in front of all of Southwestern Seminary and your big friend that's a donor. And he will believe that you are one of the finest preachers in the Southern Baptist Convention. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, he was joking. Not really. He was joking uh, when he said that. I thought that's that probably really is how it works. It probably is. Some obscure preacher like, you know, uh, from Little Town. How does he get to preach at chapel? 
Oh, he brought the guy that's making the He's big gift. He's got a gift. rich friend. Yeah, he got a rich friend. So. so what's the third category of people? Okay, the third category. <laughs> These are the people that send the card and then fold it up inside the card. The letter. The letter. <laughs> so you got the card and letter people. Yes. And that is, if if a Christmas card now is above and beyond, the letter people, I don't even know what to say about them. They're just incredible. They're incredible. And they're still they're still going to Hobby Lobby or wherever and they are buying that paper that is like Has Christmas, Christmas stationery on, on it. Yeah. You know, they're they're still making that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's almost for those people as though I believe the internet never happened. <laughs> right? So true. Yeah, that's what I've said about Branson in the past. Branson is America if there had never been the 60s. Yeah. Or the 70s or the 80s or the 90s. Pretty much Branson's like the 50s. (laughs) You know. And Well, you know, that's one thing is that, you know, my friends on Facebook, they see drawings the kids do. They certainly mm -hmm. know of every, you know, tiny milestone in their lives. Yeah. So I don't know even know what I would say in a letter. I would just yeah. be like, hey, you guys know all the stuff that's going on in our family this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys have probably seen my page, but you guys realize that Sawyer is really growing. He's nine years old now and has braces. I mean, what would you say? <laughs> I I saw a really funny thing on the internet that I want to read to y'all. This was posted on Reddit and this is like the honest Christmas letter. Oh, the honest Christmas letter. Okay. okay. So this is from the Allen family. And see, she's got it all typed out, you know, to put in her okay. Christmas card. Awesome. Okay. So she starts with Landon. Our precocious and super annoying three-year-old whines all the time and doesn't go to sleep when he's told. Cries when he doesn't get gushers after dinner. Most of the artwork he brings home from the church nursery is awful. Our pride and joy and source of our drinking problem. So, you know, it really, if you were going to write a, a card... That really said what your kids are like. It would go something a little more like that. Yeah. You going to read another one? Hunter, our energetic and yet surprisingly unathletic nine-year-old who just got cut from a soccer team that doesn't even keep score in their games. (laughs) Spends most of his time on his iPad and said his first swear word this year. Super exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so the, the, the Christmas letter was the original Facebook effect, right? Yeah. So the Christmas letter was what face. So I bet Christmas letter senders feel like they totally got ripped off by Facebook. Like it took all their magic. Yes. Because they've been going through the trouble to remember things for their Christmas letter, to sit down and type it out. Yes. It's like a big status up. It was like the yearly status update. And then all of a sudden people are giving status updates to the whole world every five minutes. Right. And they're like, no, no, guys, this is to be done once a year. <laughs> on the Hobby Lobby stationery, right. tucked into a beautiful card. And y'all ruining my mojo. Right. That's what happened. Yeah. They were the original, you know, we are living the greatest American life in your face. We have a letter, and you guys got nothing. <laughs> and you didn't even send a, maybe you sent a card, but you probably didn't even send a card. But I'm letting you know, we are winning at life. And you guys can just eat our dust. But that's the problem with the Christmas letter and also the problem with social media. Right. Is that it is, it's like 
watching Sports Center highlights. Oh, uh, yeah. Instead of watching the whole, the whole game. game. Yeah. Which has a lot of boring parts. Exactly. And a lot of like terrible mistakes. <laughs> That's true. A lot of balls getting thrown out of bounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was like, how do y'all watch this? Yeah. So true. But I am a fan of the Christmas letter. I like to see them. Yeah. I mean, I hate to see the, the, how, how they have fallen so out of favor with Facebook. But there's those few that hold out and they're like, I'm not getting off Facebook. That's going to ruin my whole Christmas letter sending. Yeah. You think that's what's keeping them off social yeah, media? Yeah, they're like, no, no, I do a Christmas letter. Y'all not paid attention? I've been doing status <laughs> updates for years, y'all. I'm not going to jump online and do that. Uh, I mail, yeah. I put I put my status update not in your email box, but in your real mailbox because I'm an American. Snail mail. I use snail mail. That's what it's all about. All right. So that's good. But I do miss the... You know, I used to have the joy of going and um, picking out Christmas stamps. Mm. Don't get to do that now. I pick out, I always get fresh stamps when I go up there. I go, I go to the post office, you know, I, I pay the bills and uh, write the ones that we still send you. We've got several that are direct deposit and all that, but we st- I still mail off about three or four of them a month. Yeah. You always have interesting stamps. So I go down to the post office and say, um, what do y'all have right now? And they get the look, you know, like, oh, my gosh. Just take the ones with the American flag <laughs> on them, dude. Why are you making my life difficult? I've got a pile right here of stamps. I can hand you. They all work exactly the same. Why do you have to have a book that's got Disney villains on it? Look, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I get some sort of pleasure. The stamp seems like it's worth the money when it's got Gaston on it. I or were, Ursula. The day we went in there and got so excited about the Disney villain stamps, I thought, we have really changed through the years. <laughs> <laughs> we would have never thought about that. I mean, when we were first married, we would not have walked in there and gone, oh my goodness, yeah. it's Gaston. Look at these Star Trek stamps. <laughs> these are amazing. Oh, that John F. Kennedy stamp is really touching. Yeah, I don't know. Instead, now we're like, oh, it's the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a good Miss Piggy stamp on yeah, your bills, you know? I mean, you're brightening up. Somebody's, that's what I think about. Somebody's day. Someone's going to get that and they're going to say, you know, this guy, he really cared enough to, to send the very best. Yeah. yeah. So that's what that's why I do it. Because I care for people deeply. <laughs> so that's good. Uh, what else do we have going on? So winter is kind of oh, yeah. showing up in Texas Ooh. for a few days here. When's it, when will it warm, when is it going to warm up again? Um, Sunday. See, I thought it, you told me Friday. Well, it's going to gradually be getting warmer. Because okay. I still have to put up the Christmas lights. Which these people will laugh when they hear the temperature here that I'm that I'm so appalled. I at. heard tomorrow's going to be forty-one. No. Yeah. That the low That's is, not true. Look it up because I think that's. I think it's going to be cold tomorrow. The high today, it was 53 degrees. It was cold out there all day. And um, we do not handle it well, and me least of all. You know, I actually live with a fear. You know how sometimes you go to funerals and you're like, oh, let's see what this person was all about? Because we go to a lot of funerals of people we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so you're just getting a snapshot of what they were like at their funeral. And sometimes when you go to funerals, the things that people say about people, you just think, is that really the best they could come up with to describe this person? Yeah, you know? funerals are a mess. And I'm just afraid at my funeral 
that people are going to get up there and say, well, one thing I'll tell you about Melissa, she sure was cold all the time. She was always messing with the thermostat. She always had on a jacket at inappropriate times. You think they're going to say that? <laughs> that that'll be the thing everyone remembers yeah, about you. Yeah, what if that's the thing? Uh, I don't think that's what they'll say about you. I mean, I don't know what I, what would we say about you. I've thought a lot, I have thought a lot about what they would say about me. What would we say about you that you were a, you know, we might talk about how cranky you were in the morning. That'd be something you'd want. No. Okay. Um, we could talk. You don't about... even know how non-cranky I am. Okay. I'm saying sentences. Yeah. I'm smiling. I'm making lunches. Yeah. I mean, I put out huge effort in the morning. To try not to be cranky. Yes. <laughs> but the kids aren't like, gosh, I'm glad we get to get out of the house. <laughs> My oh. kids are still begging to stay home with me every day when oh, I send that, them well, to school. Well, that's good. That's good. I don't know. I don't know what's it. It's weird because in that moment when you're dealing with a grieving family and you're trying to figure out what, what do we want this service to be or how do we want to portray this person or say something, because we want it to be somewhat personal. Um, it's just weird. The things that you think about in that moment are probably not the things you would say 10 days later. You know, yeah, when, like, you, when you really you, start to think about it. You don't want people to go to your funeral. You know, it's just interesting the things that people point out, I guess. Yeah. Like, I, agree. I would, I would like, I, I would not like for people to go to my funeral and say, one thing I know about Melissa, she loved those Hallmark ornaments. She right. just loved those things. Yeah, that's, that's not I mean, that big of a deal. That's not. Yeah. That's not an ultimate thing in my life. Yeah, and I would hate for yeah. people to hold yeah. that up, you maybe, know. And, well, that's okay. That's a that's a really great point is to say, okay, maybe that's a question I should ask to say, what were the ultimate things in their life? Yeah. Instead of saying she loved uh, Wahoo or cards. Yeah. Maybe instead of asking, did she have any hobbies or whatever, what did you she, should say, what, what would you say if you had to name the top three ultimate things that stand out about her life what they would, would they talk they, we would probably all say she really loved her family yeah she loved being a mom she loved her church she loved her ministry i hope that's what we could say yeah you know is that the life was all about these things that the lord had, had given instead of he loved going fishing or he loved drinking coffee you know or uh, i mean it's just so weird but the sad thing is you know what if it is true that most people, you know, most men live lives of quiet desperation? What if it is true that most people don't have anything in their life that matters? You know? Yeah. I don't think that's true, though. I don't know. I just think that's what people talk about at funerals. I don't know. I hope most people would think in their life, what matters to you? Because I have done some funerals um, where it's been difficult for people to come up with something to say. That's positive. Well, not necessarily that's positive, just like maybe they didn't really know him very well. Yeah. So kind of a, a uh, you know, sobering thought. Well, um, I had an interesting thing I wanted to talk about. That I had a, something I'd said tonight. At prayer, we had prayer meeting tonight. It was really good. How was, how was your, your kids' activities? It seemed like it went well. You, okay, yeah, because you were just kind of roaming around. Yeah. And you're in the middle of a diaper collection. Yeah, diaper December. Diaper December, raising money for our local. We're raising diapers. Raising diapers, yeah, raising <laughs> diapers for our local crisis pregnancy center. 
and uh, some neat things that they're doing there down in Newcastle, Texas, which is in our county. And so we're trying to get 200 packages of diapers. And you've got, what, 31? I've got I've got about 35. Okay, so, so you're far. almost there. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you, it's, it's early. It's only, it's only the 6th. I know. I felt like it was a really strong start tonight. Yeah. So I think we're – one thing I can say about this town where we live, Olney, is that people are very, very generous in giving, and they yeah. like to support what people are doing, right. you know, in the community. So I have every confidence we're going to get to 200 packages and probably go over that. There you go. Okay, so uh, we're in prayer meeting tonight. I want to get your opinion on this because I, I don't know if I'm even – I'm thinking through this. I'm not even sure I'm being clear, but someone asked me – I said something in prayer meeting, and someone sent me a message asking me to kind of clarify – um, here's the question. Do you think that inviting someone to church is obedience to the Great Commission, especially, specifically, evangelism? Do you think that inviting someone to church is obedience to the Great Commission? What do you think? I, th- <clears throat> I think it's part of obedience to the Great Commission. Yeah, I think it... I, th- I guess where I, what I was trying to communicate is I've really been rethinking um, the, the way we think about church, you know. And um, growing up, and I, and I don't know maybe how, you know, if you're listening and you think about your church and you think about the way that Great Commission services are preached, it's almost like we tell people, okay, um, now we've 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 been here at church and now go out there you guys go out there and go out and share the gospel and somehow we divorce the idea of being the church and the church doing evangelism i mean individually we do go and share but i i hope in our mind we you know i are i'm afraid in our mind we've been given the message that you know, you go out there as a as a lone ranger, as an individual. You go out there by yourself. Well, even if you're if you're by yourself, you're still going as part of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're and we I think we do share in the in the world. But I think it could be, if you had confidence in your church and in your pastor, or whoever the teacher would be, that if you brought someone to church, maybe you don't feel the problem is I think people don't feel comfortable articulating their faith like they should. Mm. So someone says, well, I don't know if I could share the gospel with somebody. I don't know if I could sh- tell them what it means to to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ or why we would do that or what the sin problem is or whatever. I think I would answer the question, inviting someone to church could be a fulfillment of the Great Commission. It, because wouldn't you be happy if people just invited I mean, I would be satisfied if our people and people in churches would just be more welcoming and inviting. Mm-hmm. And if they could say, hey, I would love for you to come to church with me. Maybe even in the context of that invitation, that would open up a conversation where you could talk about what we believe at this church and why we're going. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So I think it could be a, a great... In, it, it, because just walking up to somebody and saying, hey, can I talk about uh, what, would ha- what would happen if you died? You know? Uh, would you go to heaven or hell? Well, some people, you, you start off a conversation like that, they're immediate, like, you're a total weirdo. People don't talk about that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't, or but not everyone's open to that that type of 
conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas they might be more open to coming to church with you because they see a church building, they understand people go to a meeting, they want to see what it's about. So I think it could be that uh, if you if you knew that you went to a healthy church that's that's gospel centered, it could be. On the other hand, I think we do have a, a a mandate from Christ to be salt and light, to go out into the world and to be proclaiming and revealing the problem of sin. Am I really boring you to death? No. Okay, you got to look on your face like, what are you talking about? Well, I, I don't feel that way. I'm just waiting for you to stop talking, so I'm going to add something to what you're saying. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> All right, someone just told me. <laughs> So anyway, I, I don't remember what I was saying now, but I think you could, I think if if you, you do have an individual, I think we do have an individual, we should feel an individual burden and responsibility to say, I I have all these people that I come into contact with that other people don't. And so as I'm coming into contact with these people, I should be mindful of opportunities that the Holy Spirit would open up for me to share, doors that would be opened. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I will go through those doors. I think part of the gospel proclamation, though, um, you know, could involve talking about your church. I mean, you, your part of your witness would be, I'm involved in this church, and this is what we do, and this is what we believe. That sometimes I think we we think, well, I'm going to share the gospel, and then I'm going to invite someone to church, as opposed to thinking, I am the church. This is what the church does. I'm telling them what the church believes. Then I'll invite them to come to the church. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think when you invite people to church, you're inviting them into a relationship, which I think is really important in mm-hmm. the Great Commission. It's inviting them into, you know, sort of this realm of a place where people really live life together yeah. and work to understand Scripture together and work to um, understand God more and to know Him more and to love Him more. So I think that Inviting someone to church is an essential part of sharing the gospel, in my opinion. Right. It may it may not be the only thing that we do evangelistically. I think we, because a lot of people won't come to church, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what the person that was asking me the question is like. Some people won't set foot in a church, and I think he's got a great point because he's saying you might just have to do the evangelistic work there. Right. But I also think it depends on the church because. Um, you know, if if your if your church isn't doing a good job of fulfilling the Great Commission, yeah, then you know you don't have the confidence to invite them, right? It probably means that you need to either try to work to make changes in your church, or you need to find a different church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of people feel that way in evangelism that if they don't do it, it's not going to be done by their church. Right. It's not a thing that their church is thinking about or that their pastor is thinking about. Um, it's it's a that's an, it was an interesting question to me because I've been thinking lately how in my mind I guess maybe maybe I'm overreacting where I'm saying hey if you just can get them here if you can just get them to where they'll hear the gospel it would be good you know I, I guess just based on what we've seen is that if people start coming to church and they're hearing the gospel over and over and over again they're being exposed to the church's teachings and, and exposed to scripture that they're getting so much more than they would get out of maybe one weird, awkward conversation on a doorstep. Right. But if they're not going to come to church, the place where you start is on the doorstep by explaining that you, you're, 
you know, go to this church. This is where you belong, and you're inviting this person to be a part of the church, or at least to come to church, not to be a part of it, but to come to the church to um, learn more about what the church teaches and believes about the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing that. I I think it's kind of everything's got to be, you know, in there, and not just... um, it's it's not just inviting someone to church, of course, but I think some sometimes we don't think about that the the role of the church in making disciples that you make disciples of all nations and then you baptize them and then you teach them to obey everything Jesus has commanded and really the 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 context in which that takes place is the is the church the church baptizes. And the church teaches, has the, the teachers that have been given to the church. And so that's, you know, really the Great Commission may not all be done inside a church building. But the Great Commission is not going to be fulfilled without the church. Right. And so maybe I'm going kind of overboard on that saying you can invite someone to church and that could be a fulfillment of the Great Commission, but it might not be. So you know the person you're dealing with, and you need to be sensitive to what you need to say to them and what they're willing to hear. Well, I Maybe mean, that's uh, kind of the way to work. Think about it. Look at our Wednesday night Team Kid program. It's our children's program. The way we get kids in the door for Team Kid is we send home flyers. You know, mm-hmm. we, I mean, it's, it's almost like a door-to-door, you know, invitation in mm-hmm. our town. And we have seen several families come into the church yeah. and become a part of the church because of the team kid program. And, you know, that, that uh, Wednesday night program at church is fulfilling the great commission in more than one way Yeah, because it's bringing families into the church and exposing them to the gospel. Yeah. And I guess the main thing maybe we're, we're, you know, I, I guess maybe I would say we could err one way or the other. We could say, well, you know, when you leave that church Sunday morning uh, and, you, and you head out into the world, it's all on you, buddy, to do the evangelism. You could be, I think that's one extreme that's not right. The other extreme would be, well, they won't come to church with me, so I guess, I guess I've done my job. I invited them. That would not be the end of your duty either. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you would say, hey, uh, they're not quite there yet, but I'm going to witness to them and care for them where they are and share the gospel with them, and I need to be able to share the gospel with them because I need to know how to articulate it. Um, so I think there's, you know, going to be things at both extremes um, where sometimes, you know, we'll get them into the church, and that's going to be how the, the Lord saves them, and sometimes it's going to be through conversations. But interesting thing to think about because I, 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 uh, I, I, I think we— at the, maybe sometimes people count too much on the church to do evangelism, and sometimes people don't think of the church at all in evangelism. They think right. evangelism is something evangelists do out in the streets. But the church, it would be so much easier to evangelize if we, if we remembered that this task of the Great Commission has been given to the church. We're, we're, it's been given to the church, and individuals make up the church. But it's, well, we're all in this together. One waters, one plants, one reaps a harvest. That it's a it's something that we should be doing as a community of faith, mm-hmm. and not just necessarily as individuals. Even though many times you will be the only one that has contact with this one, you'll be the only Jesus they ever see. That 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 is true. I mean, that's what they used to say, yeah. the old guys. But 
you know, that really is true. You may be the only Jesus someone ever sees. Um, so, but hopefully if the person becomes a Christian, they'll be plugged into the context of a local church. So anyway, that's my musings for today. Something I've been thinking about. How's everything else going on the blog? Good. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> Haven't been posting as much as usual, but things have been busy. Anyway, it's people are still out there. Thank you all for keeping on. <laughs> thanks keeping you for on. listening. They're still <laughs> listening, still reading. Yeah, thanks y'all. No, I mean I think you, you know, you're you're busy and it's Christmas time. It's hard to get the content out there. Yeah. But you know, that last one about the sword piercing Mary's heart, you know, the soul. That was in my opinion, my humble opinion. That was classic. Your mom has a blog. <laughs> um, thank you. That was. I don't your, know if that's a compliment. That was your mom has a blog gold. <laughs> and that was Melissa Edgington from Your Mom Has a Blog with Mary's Soul Pierced. And many people are reading that all over the world. <laughs> and that's all they're going to get for another month. <laughs> No, you're you're doing one. No. You were cranking out about one a week. Yeah, I've been doing about one a week for yeah. for a little while. If you guys saw how long it takes her to do one of those, though, you'd really, you'd, you'd be amazed at just one per week. Yeah, because, I'm well, so but, slow. But I'm once, just really slow writer. But whenever you are putting out more and more and more content, I mean, you get quicker at it. I've noticed that about you. You think? Yeah. You can crank one out. Maybe I just feel a lot of pressure only one a week that it needs to be a really good one. It needs to be really good. Yeah, maybe <laughs> that's it. No, you're doing good. Well, all right, we've pretty much run out of time. We've talked our heads off here. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. If we, if we don't podcast again. <laughs> Surely we will, right? Uh, hopefully we will. Yeah. Maybe things will slow down. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening and... We hope that y'all have a great month of December and don't get overwhelmed. Just slow down and remember what it's really about. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.